Hello and welcome back to How To PhD. This is the fourth of our Mental Health Awareness Week series of five episodes where we'll be sharing a different technique every day on how to practice well-being during your PhD. Today we're going to be talking about overcoming superstitions. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Aaron and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Julia. Hello. And so today we're going to be talking about managing superstitions or at least overcoming them. Um, But as we do, before we get into that, uh, please um, just to let you know that if you feel like you are struggling or you need more professional advice you know we're not psychologists uh, please do get in touch there are people who can help um, so for example in the uk the samaritans on 116 123 uh, please do get in touch with whatever is the equivalent in your country um, there are people ready to help and support you so um, overcoming superstitions now what do we mean by this now i think uh, superstitions can often be uh, kind of related to things that we think about like don't walk under a ladder and things like that but actually mm. these can relate quite closely to things that people tell you that you must do in order to succeed in your phd and there's quite a lot of these right julie yeah so for example that you have to work huge hours every every week or that you can only focus on your phd and not do anything else there's no time for anything else i think that are the things that i heard before i started my phd yeah i don't know what are other ones that you can think of yeah i've heard these and i think there's some potentially ones that um I've struggled with as well. Like I used to think that a draft has to be perfect before mm. sending it to someone for feedback, even just sending what it is to supervisors. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, mm. So before I'd send it to my supervisors, I would you know work and mm. work and work and stress out trying to make it perfect. Mm. Um, another one could be that your results always have to be statistically significant, right? If you don't get that p-value under a certain value, then you haven't got and good, it's not worth it or, yeah and i think there seems to be really a shift as well in journals so that they try to also publish results that are not significant in order because that's also knowledge right that tells us okay this might me not be the most relevant thing and that's good for someone else who's doing the same research not to make the same not mistake but like um well it's just like one result that can inform yeah. future research right yeah whether it- it's and significant or not exactly yeah and um you know another one could be that you have to work weekends on a phd right you if you take a weekend off then you know you're you're on the wrong path you know you're gonna get behind yeah Yeah. um and the issue with all these kind of superstitions and and as we as you sort of got from these examples they can be very specific to certain uh, fields and they can be more general um but the problem is you go through all this anxiety and stress and look the reality is you will probably succeed right whatever you're working on you will probably do well you'll get that paper published you'll get your phd um Mm. but the problem is you you've then made this kind of subconscious link between that stress and anxiety and the success and and so you begin to believe and affirm that these superstitions actually you know that that the stress was needed to succeed but it's actually not the case yeah and i think that can also come from other people living these superstitions or that you might have um and i mean for some people if that works that's fine but if there are people who do work um all the time 24 hours a day and, and on the weekends then you might think oh i have to do the same to um also able to finish my phd you start like taking habits from other people because you think okay this is what needs to be done or oh they're only the people they're not allowing to do 
themselves to do anything else like a sports or society or something yeah they're so focused only on the phd work and then you think oh maybe i should not be thinking about wanting to start another sports course or whatever because you feel you shouldn't have the time or you don't have time for that that's right and i guess it goes back to our earlier episodes around sort of comparing yourself to others um but yeah mm-hmm. hopefully this has given you a sort of overview of what superstitions are um so now what we're going to do julia is we're going to take uh take the listeners through some examples that of a superstitions that we had quite Mm. personal um and some tips on how to actually overcome these and begin to move on from them so we've had a a number of different superstitions that we've both (laughs) believed over the years um julie would you like to go first and share with the audience (laughs) (laughs) some of the things that that you think you've needed to do uh, in order to succeed yeah, I think um, especially during my music degree when I was studying the clarinet, I really felt that I needed to be there very early in the morning, eight o'clock, even on weekends. If I didn't start practicing my instrument early in the morning, then I thought there would be no point to it anymore. I know that sounds weird, but I felt like, oh, if I don't start early in the morning, then I won't be productive. So if I missed that morning slot, <laughs> I thought, okay, I might as well just take the day off. There's no point now yeah. uh, doing one or two hours. It won't, won't be that great. So I think yeah. that was definitely one. What was what was one of yours? Yeah, I mean, and just to just to go on your point there, you know, I've definitely heard that as well in a sort of university context. In you know, in terms of more academic mm. studies, I've heard people say, if I don't get into the library by eight o'clock to start revising, mm. then the day is wasted. <laughs> Similar kind of concept. Um, for me. Certainly during the early years of my PhD, I really believed that I had to work long hours. And uh, my general um, marker was I had to stay longer than my supervisor stayed, right? Mm. Um, If I left before my supervisor left, then you know i was on a bad track and i was i was not doing well. You know, this was this was kind of one of my superstitions. and I guess a sort of more lighthearted one as well is, um, you know, for example, I, before any exam or my Viva even, I had to listen to <laughs> Viva La Vida and Life in Technicolor by Coldplay <laughs> in that order. Um, but otherwise, I, I couldn't really do, <laughs> do the exam. Um, and also, I, I spent, I think, an extra half an hour making sure that my thesis didn't end on the number 113 um, just because it had 13 in it or or not 111 as well because that's a bad number in in cricket um in cricket yeah yeah it is yeah so i I guess these are these are definitely some kind of the more comical uh superstitions Mm. that i had i also felt that i i can't work if i'm not in formal clothes so um like i think yeah from early onwards actually like even yeah my bachelor it it could not just like practice or write or work in my pajamas or something i just i had to like take a shower and take on fresh clothes or like formal clothes and i thought otherwise won't be productive yeah Yeah. which i think we've all overcome now that we're all working from home now (laughs) but um so how do we how do we overcome this right and i think the first step and, and it's the first step that we did when we were kind of breaking these superstitions that we had was is to really, I guess, it's a process of self-reflection and to mm. recognize what your beliefs are and, and see in your day, is there anything that blocks you or stresses you that you think actually it's, it's unnecessary? And mm. I think once you've identified those, um, it's about making those incremental changes, right? You're not these kind of beliefs you know we we develop them over many years um 
and they become so ingrained in our way of thinking that it's it's not really possible to just flip overnight and just say, you know, what, I'm I'm not going to work long hours anymore. You know, I don't believe that's you know, you, it's not really possible. Um, but making incremental changes can help. And I think, Julia, mm. you, you had a sort of good example with how you kind of moved away from that need to start work at, at a specific time. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first thing what you said um, was important in that process, so to recognize that. And I actually took a chat with someone, so I was like early practicing in the early in the morning on a weekend and the music university, and then someone came by, a colleague said, oh, wow, you're, you're an early bird. <laughs> you always uh, start quite early. I said, yeah, I feel I have to, because otherwise I won't be productive. He said, oh, that's a bit weird. I mean, you know, you could still like do just a couple of hours in the afternoon, and probably that would still be worth and I thought actually yeah that's a good point and um, I think yeah I just try to listen to my body more if I was tired in the morning then to say okay I'm just gonna try like today just just have like just one or two hours in the afternoon Mm. so I think this kind of curiosity um, to try different things um, so break out of your um, habits and your routine and just try something else and see whether that works for you. It might it might not work for you, but if it does, great. Then I think you gain a lot of more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think, yeah, with the clothes, I think you said that already basically through lockdown, I think where we just were a lot more working from home. Um, I think I got more used to just, um, yeah, in the in joggers or something to to work and yeah. that and it does work i can actually write something good <laughs> even if i'm in my, my joggers that's so i think right. just trying new things is the key thing that, that's well. right yeah and i think you know with, for example you know that kind of desire to um or that need to have to work long hours to feel like you had a successful day i realized that actually i was spending probably from three thirty or four o'clock to to six just on Twitter and stuff and just wasting time and not mm. really doing anything productive. Um, and it was, it, it took mm. that kind of self-reflection to see that. Um, and so have a go at that. So see, look at your working day. How do you spend your hours? Do you, are you using them for everything that you think you're using them for? Or do you think that potentially some things are causing more stress or kind of more anxiety or you think is a superstition that actually is actually blocking you from mm. progressing in the day? So, so I mean, mm. some general examples, which are common in the PhD, are things like, for example, with writing, right? If you um, say that if you're writing a draft for a paper, um, that you feel like that draft has to be perfect before you hand it to a friend or your supervisor for review. Actually, that's not the case, you know, and actually if you hand in an earlier version, you can probably save yourself a lot more time in the long run, right? You can begin to work on it, um, work with your supervisor on some of those changes earlier. Um, and I think the, the point is, and particularly when we, we think about this sort of stuff, a lot of it is around, you know, using your time in a kind of more productive way and not wasting it on things that that are superstitions. Mm. And effectively, this will allow you or free you up to do other things. And and I guess, Julia, kind of balance the downs in the PhD. Yeah, and I think just, yeah, briefly, what you said with your day, you that you were sometimes on Twitter and just sitting there basically to do your hours. It's weird because you, you felt guilty to leave before five, but you still were not doing actually anything productive, right? And so I think what we're saying with that is, um, I think sometimes, and I think for me that has been true a lot of times, 
that might, might sound weird because if you're so busy, busy with your PhD, but I think sometimes actually taking on extra responsibility for something else um, mm. um, at your university or starting a sports or doing something in a society. So taking on more roles can help you to work more productively, more effectively. And it also will give you a boost. I think sometimes when you have a down in your PhD where something is not working out the, the way that you'd like to or you're a bit stuck, and you're doing something else. So, for example, I started organizing student-led seminars at work medical school. And like these small achievements that you get from just organizing a seminar. And some, someone says like, oh, thank you so much for like organizing yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, it just gives you a little boost. And um, also, of course, something great to put on a CV. So I think don't shy away of just like, again, I think we mentioned this tunnel vision of saying, I just have to do my PhD work. Yeah, um, yeah be, be brave to start other things as well. And I think you will see a benefit from that in many, many ways. Yeah. And I guess it's a, it's a, it's a challenge of rebalancing, right? You don't want to add this stuff on top of the kind of hours that you're doing for your PhD, but it's about realizing what hours on the PhD actually you can reorganize and mm, put towards yeah. other things that could help really re-energize you. And, and mm. for me, you know, for example, doing this podcast um, is really something that re-energizes us. You mm. know, this is something that we really enjoy doing. Um, and we do kind of because we've been able to sort of balance out the hours that we spend um, working, that we've made time to do this as well. Mm. Um, and so hopefully, you know, I guess with these kind of superstitions, unfortunately, there's no kind of, you know, uh, one sentence fix for this kind of stuff. But it's kind of a long process. And I think it really starts with first reflecting on what these becoming habits aware are, of it, yeah. becoming aware of it um, and seeing, OK, can I try and rebalance this and doing this in incremental steps uh, mm. over time and hopefully these tips will help you overcome these kinds of myths and superstitions and ultimately practice well-being uh, in your PhD. Okay, so in the spirit of the nature theme of this week, um, take a walk and think about, is there something that you've always maybe wanted to start doing and but you never felt you had the time to, to do it and you feel now you, because you just have to focus on your PhD, you can't do it. Or, um, or is there maybe someone that you haven't called in a long time because you felt, oh, you don't have time um, because of your PhD. So think about these things and set yourself some time to do that and complete and start different things. Be flexible, be curious. And I'm sure something great will come out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really good challenge. And I guess generally good life advice to to make time for other people and, and to do stuff mm. that you've always wanted to do. So and, and do let us know uh, how you get on with that. And um, so thank you very much for listening to the fourth of our Mental Health Awareness Week series. Uh, again, we really hope that you found this useful and this has given you some ideas on how to manage those kinds of superstitions. And as always, if you know of someone who you think could benefit from this episode, please do share this episode and of course the other episodes with them. Uh, if you enjoy listening to How to PhD and you'd like to support us, you can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at howtophd.show and leaving us a small donation through Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, and as always, thank you to everyone who supported us so far with all the engagement on our social media and the donations. We're hugely appreciative of the support and we're just really grateful that, that you enjoy the content. Um, as I said, please do get in touch with us. You can email us at contact at howtophd.show and of course, Twitter and Instagram handles at howtophd. 
show. So tomorrow is the last of our Mental mm. Health Awareness Week series, Julia. And what are we going to finish the week on? So tomorrow um, we are going to be talking about setting realistic targets. And I think in a little bit of a different or from a different perspective that we did at one of our earlier episodes. Mm. Um, this one is really um, about crying, trying to identify, I think, where that anxieties can come from you're you're not setting because you're not setting realistic targets basically and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow yes yep so really important one and definitely uh, a really practical uh, a lot of practical advice Mm. in tomorrow's episode so we look forward to seeing you then take care and we'll see you next time